Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff. This is your podcast covering tactics for creating winning leadership and sustainable winning organizations. Discover more information detailed in their books, Gapology, Imbar, and their newest release, Speed of Purpose. We can be reached at gapology.org and our books can be found at amazon.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. Remember that if you're looking for leadership development coaching for your management team, we can help. Whether you want to focus on identifying and closing performance gaps, or if you want help on developing a clear and compelling purpose for your team, or even if you want some personal guidance in establishing a strong identity and mindset to deliver the results that you're seeking, we have proven strategies that can help. Head on over to Gapology.org to learn more about all that. And I'm really excited about today's episode. In this one, we're going to discuss one of my favorite topics, the commitment ladder. So let's get this ball rolling and give Martinez a call. Hey, Brian. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm great. How's it going? Good. Good. I'm uh, super excited to talk about the commitment ladder today. Yeah, it's a great topic. Yeah, it's been a while since we recorded that first original podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a good one, but it really needs to be updated for today's reality, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, how it fits in the Zoom world, I think that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, you ready? Yeah, let's go. So I think we'll call it achieving team commitment in a Zoom world. Okay. So the commitment of your team, your direct report group, uh, to you as a leader is what creates action, it's what creates the results, it's what causes uh, the team to exceed expectations, and uh, most importantly, it's about achieving the purpose. So it's a big deal. So the commitment of the team is a big deal, and it's often not a primary focus of leaders. So what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think... I think commitment, especially when you're looking at specific objectives that you're going after or even your purpose, I think the levels of commitment of your team can either be that driver that either drives toward your purpose or your objectives or can drive away from it or it can just be like one of those obstacles in the road. Yeah. So if you're not achieving expectations, if you're not achieving the level of the purpose that you would expect, uh, you may have a commitment issue within the team. Yeah. Yep. So we designed a tool, uh, that helps you define that it's on page 178 in Gapology. For those of you who want to see it visually, it's called the commitment ladder. And we're going to walk you through it from the context of zoom world. How is it different today? What, what do you need to go after when you may not be meeting as often in person with your team, uh, more remote work, you know, scenarios, uh, what's the commitment ladder look like? So, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, new things that we may have not thought about before that get in the way when you're working with a remote workforce, you know, you have a zoom call and there's lots of distractions and lots of things that can take away from, your effort toward building commitment. So I think this is definitely timely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me jump in. So the commitment ladder, which again, I referenced from Gapology, helps leaders measure the commitment or compliance 
of each of the people on their team. Ideally, their direct reports. And that's important to know. If you know the level of their commitment or compliance, then you can help them move forward or move to the ideal level uh, on, the, on the ladder. So the ladder is a simple five-step ladder, and uh, you literally can plot your team right on, right on that ladder uh, if you want to use it visually. It's not something we would share with a team, but it's something that the leader must know in order to create great results. In a Zoom world, it's challenging to measure commitment uh, because it's harder to measure body language and uh, commitment is often expressed in, in body language and, and other uh, you know, physical gestures. So it's critical that you understand that the metrics that you use to measure the team's performance must be tied directly to the behaviors that you expect. The behaviors and the metrics must match up. And then you're well on your way to knowing how the team is performing via the metrics, and therefore you're well on your way to measuring commitment or compliance with you know what's expected. Yeah, yeah. I think you can measure things proactively sometimes. You know, if you're going into a new objective, um, you're rolling out your purpose or you're looking at things that you're going after. I think you can predict where people fall based on past experiences. Um, and then with the Zoom um, you know, features with the cameras on, you can look for some of those nonverbal cues that can tell you kind of where people are on, on the commitment ladder. So you can do it more retroactively as well. Yeah. So again, if, if results aren't totally meeting expectations, maybe there's a commitment or a compliance issue. So here's how you, here's how you measure it. So the bottom of the ladder, again, a five-step ladder, the bottom of the ladder is non-compliance. That's, that's the bottom step. This one's probably the easiest to measure and leaders tend to really get this one. Uh, and again, it's, it's, uh, displayed by the metrics not being met, uh, the behaviors not being in place. And leaders tend to deal with this one rather rather simply. They tend to address noncompliance because it is on display. The challenging piece here is it's on display to everybody. So if you don't deal with it as a leader, your leadership is on display. And if you don't deal with noncompliance, you can create more of that within the team. If Brian gets away with it, I can get away with it too then, right? You know, So make sure you do deal with noncompliance and, and lack of performance. But it's often the easiest one to measure, and it's often the one that may not get missed in, in the Zoom world. Underperformers are underperformers. And if you rank your team, you'll, you'll understand you know, where, where that falls. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's certainly some things that you can look for, you know, on these Zoom calls. Um, you know, somebody that doesn't want to turn their camera on, where they have to miss meetings, you know, excuses not to join, uh, that kind of thing. I think it's, you know, it's critical that we identify them early and we remove them from the team, you know, just that we act quickly uh, for those people. Otherwise, like you said, it does run that danger of um, infecting the rest of the team. Um, I, I really look at the non-compliant people as those that are 
really driving the team away from the purpose or the objectives that you're going after. Okay, They're putting the brakes really on any speed that you're trying to generate, any momentum you're trying to generate within the team. Yeah, it, I agree with all of that. It is possible that the non-compliant person doesn't understand and in the Zoom world, the training environment has not been up to par. So own it, own it initially. Say, hey, let's figure this out. Let's go after this together. Let me be clear on the expectations. So there's some gaps often in training and development in the Zoom world. So go after those first, but deal deal directly with non-compliance. I definitely have seen the camera issue come up quite a bit. And I've heard that from other leaders where the non-compliance in the Zoom world will will try and leave the camera off. I definitely agree with you on that one, Brian, and and have seen that one firsthand. So um, we we mentioned in a podcast recently to ensure that the cameras are on because you as a leader need to measure body language. You need to measure engagement, expression, et cetera. It's a big deal. Yep. Yep. So, so that's that's non-compliance, and that's the bottom of the ladder. The next step up is a tough one, and it's grudging compliance. So this one is often defined as someone who will tell you to your face, hey, I'm all in. I love this purpose. But their behavior doesn't match, and the metrics don't come. So it becomes rather confusing. Wow, I thought they were all in. I thought they were aligned with our purpose. So this one is tough to see. It often also results in them telling you to your face that they're aligned with the purpose, they really believe in it, that they're all in, but behind your back, they say something quite differently. So here you really have to rely on the metrics and the behaviors matching the metrics and understanding that there's an issue here and it's not as easy to see. So be careful here, this person This group may flatter you, they may butter you up, they may tell you all kinds of great things, but again, it's not real. And it's not real because it's not evidenced in the results. You know, some of the things that you can really look for to identify somebody who's grudgingly compliant is this might be somebody that joins in on the conversation only when there's something to complain about. Okay, this is the kind of person that likes to shoot other people's ideas down. Um, so I, that's like some of those little warning signs, those little red flags that potentially you have somebody that's grudgingly compliant. And I like what you said that, you know, looking at the results, that's really the key. And, and you know, it's really up to us as leaders to establish those clear expectations up front, the behaviors and the results that you're expecting, so that you can use the measurements, those metrics to, to identify those people that, um, you know, are either, either in this grudgingly compliant or non-compliant levels. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I would say look for the signs, address the behaviors privately. These can be the people that either drive away from the purpose or the objectives, and they can be ones who drive others away from the purpose or the objectives that you're going after. Yeah, this, this group at times we have found to be top performers who felt mistreated or unrecognized. So look in the mirror on this group. Make sure that you're not the issue that has caused them to be grudgingly compliant. You can't have it. I'll tell you right now. It's a cancer on the team. It's not acceptable. It doesn't work. It hurts other people's performance. So you have to go after it, but you need to recognize it first off. And, and maybe the first step is to say, hey, what role you know, do I play here? 
and uh, rule that one out or overcome that one and then go after it. Yeah, I think it's really a mindset, uh, I think, is, is a lot of times the driving factor in this one. They just have a poor mindset for, for whatever reason. And, and like you said, that you know, a lot of times it can come from you know, not receiving the right type of leadership that they need for their leadership style or whatever that you're working with. Yeah, I like that. So the next step, so we're now at the middle of the ladder, is formal compliance. Well, formal compliance is pretty easy to see. This person tries to do what you think, uh, what they think you want them to do, but they often wait for direction. Sometimes this is simply a new person. They just haven't uh, developed the full skill set yet and uh, maybe haven't completed their training. So you need to view formal compliance as a temporary level. You can't, you can't keep someone who's waiting for direction uh, on the team because it slows down the team. Good to do one-on-one with them. Make sure you're scheduling that. Uh, understand the issue. Maybe assign them a mentor. Give them additional training if that's needed. And again, sometimes in the Zoom world, we're assuming the training is much better than it than it is. You know, when we used to do it in person, we now are doing it over a video. And maybe it's just, you know, maybe the attention span isn't there. Uh, maybe the understanding isn't there. So just follow up on it. But again, view formal compliance, someone that tries to follow directions but always needs support and will wait then. View that as something that you can't accept and view it as temporary. Uh, thoughts, Brian? Yeah, this is the person that I've noticed that um, they'll really only join in when you call on them. You know, they kind of sit there and just wait. Uh, they don't necessarily jump in and volunteer information or their thoughts on things. Um, it's just one oh, of the- I got to tell a story. Yeah. I got to tell a quick story. I'll forget it. Okay. So Brian, Brian and I were doing this big uh, workshop one day. I forget how many people, maybe a hundred. We had no seating assignment. So we let everyone sit wherever they wanted to sit. Well, we knew that the people that sat in the front rows were the most engaged. They wanted to really be part of the podium up front and all of that. And the people that purposefully (laughs) sat in the back row were the people that, eh, I don't really want to be a part of this. I don't want to have to talk. So we moved the front of the room to the back of the room. And they they became our primary customers. And it was one of the most amazing meetings because we got that group engaged. Yeah. Maybe for the first time ever. And they actually were pretty good, but they were the back row group. Yeah. Anyhow, sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's good. That was that was pretty funny that day. The just the looks on their faces when we did that. That was that was pretty. Like, I'm not really in the back row. It's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that was great. You were you were talking. Oh no, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I would say yeah, look for those people that you know just want to join in when you call on them. Look for ways to really in- encourage participation. And if you notice that it's a kind of a trend with, you know, more than just a couple people, you know, look for some additional interactive elements, um, some maybe some little breakout sessions, uh, possibly assign some pre-work that people could share, just some things to get people involved. A lot of times that can, you know, pull that motivation out of the formally compliant people. Because a lot of times they're just along for the ride, right? They don't really accelerate the team toward the purpose or the objectives 
but they don't necessarily decelerate it either, but they're just kind of along for the ride. Yeah, and if, if they're new, give them a break. Yeah. But ensure that it's temporary. All right, so we're, we're at the fourth step on the ladder and then the fifth step on the ladder. This is where you want to be. So the fourth step on the ladder is genuine compliance. We believe this to be the sweet spot. This group is aligned with the purpose. Uh, they perform. They achieve the metrics. You can leverage this group to mentor others. Uh, they deliver. It should be clear in the metrics that this, this is where we want to be. This is the group we want to emulate. So champion them, celebrate them, but understand that this is where we're trying to get the non-compliant, grudging compliant, and formal compliant group up to. Genuine compliance, all in, aligned with the purpose, and they do a great job. This is where we want to be. Yeah, uh, this is really where you're going to see, as far as indicators, you're going to see them encouraging other people. Uh, you're going to see them supporting other people. So when you're having the Zoom calls, they're, the, they're going to be the ones cheering the rest of the team on. Um, that's what I've seen from a behavioral standpoint from these people. Um, and I would just recommend looking for ways to leverage them, uh, leverage their enthusiasm. It really can help drive that momentum of the team because these are the people who are really active participants in your journey. They're the ones that are driving toward the purpose or the objectives that you're laying out. Yeah, and that they often don't need a lot from you as a leader. They're much easier to, to manage and lead. So this is a, the ideal level. This is who you're looking for. Yeah. So that was genuine compliance. The, the highest level on the commitment ladder is the committed group. The committed group can be much more difficult to lead than the genuinely compliant group. They expect a lot more from you. They write the rule book. So although they're bought into the purpose, they may want to redefine it and uh, alter it in some ways. Uh, keep this group busy. Value them. Uh, they often will lead you to places uh, that you couldn't see. Give them special assignments. Give them attention. Make sure they have a path forward. They often are the group you'll promote to the next level. So be sensitive to their needs uh, because they are fantastic. Again, they're achieving the results, but they're easily discouraged if you don't lead them uh, effectively. Uh, they'll be your biggest critic because they want your job. So they, they can be difficult to manage. But ideally, within this group, you always have your replacement or two and that leads you on to the next level. That, again, causes great performance within the overall group. This group can be mentors. They often don't really like that. Uh, they want special projects, special assignments uh, in different, different topics that help move the entire organization forward. So just uh, spend time with them, manage them, value them, uh, and, and learn from them. One of the tactics I used to use with this group would be to visit them in their marketplace and have them conduct the entire visit. I would just take notes and listen. Uh, it was pretty amazing for me. I learned a lot, but they felt very valued. So I wasn't leading them around. They were leading me around. They appreciated that. So many of the people that I would, would have put on this step uh, on the ladder are incredibly successful today. 
uh, leading organizations. And uh, I'm very proud that I had a, a role to play in that. Yeah, I, um, I love that. I think, um, you know, allowing them to lead the the visit, allowing them to show what they're proud of, the things that they've been working toward, the things that the team has been working on. I love that. I think that does encourage um, continued commitment because they know that you believe in them. I love that. Um, I would say, you know, on Zoom calls, you know, look for those who are challenging the status quo, those people who are maybe questioning things because it's not as effective, you know, those kinds of things. These are the people who don't stand for inadequacy, right? So they're always challenging, always wanting to move forward because they're really committed to whatever those objectives are, whatever the purposes that you're going after. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. So those are the five steps. Here's something to think about. Your level of commitment as a leader is also critical. And it's rare that a team would have a higher level of commitment than your own. So you always need to, every morning, look in the mirror, make sure your level of commitment is something that they can aspire to. It's always on display. You wanna make sure that you shine and your level of commitment will lead the team forward. So don't forget that, it's a big deal. You, you can lead the team forward. But there are five very distinct levels of commitment and compliance that you need to be aware of and that you need to take specific action on. So that's what we wanted to share with you today. Any closing comments, Brian? Uh, not really. I, I think uh, th- this can be very helpful if you look at how can you leverage the power of the commitment ladder within the Zoom world. Uh, Don't take Zoom calls for granted. Uh, You're going to have people at varying levels of commitment on these calls, just like you would in any face-to-face meeting, Uh, you know, anytime in the real world. You're going to have people that are on this ladder at different levels. Um, But it's a great tool to use proactively when you're going into the uh, meetings, but it's also good to use, you know, retroactively as well, you know, as you step back and and look at, you know, what is the success of a certain project or success of a certain meeting or whatever. Um, You can definitely use this as a tool to, like you said earlier, plot people along, you know, when you're analyzing your business. Yeah. You know, uh, let me add one other thing. Don't, Don't get lazy in the Zoom world. So what if we were all meeting together? You know, what are the steps you take uh, and do we not take those steps and that extra preparation for the Zoom world? So make sure that the Zoom world, if that's all that we have, if we're remote leadership, you know, scenario, make sure that we're taking all of the preparations that we would have taken if we were meeting in person. So take it seriously. So, yeah, perfect. All right. Great job, Brian. Thank you. All right. Thanks much, Mark. We'll talk to you later. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. That'll do it from here. If you want more information on the commitment ladder or anything in Gapology, head on over to our website, gapology.org. Everybody have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology production. Visit us at gapology.org.